continue our trek through season eight of Arthur. Uh, no weather, no weather bugaboos to speak of this week. But uh, you know, I just realized we're past the midway point of September. We're getting real close to October, spookiest time of year. Well, we may be trekking through Arthur, but the thing I'm trekking through is uh, northern and central New Brunswick because I'm coming at you live from beautiful, picturesque Miramichi. Yeah, it's a little bit of Elwood City Limits on the road here. The, the Elwood City Limits Road Show. <laughs> How's the weather over there? In Miramichi? Um, I mean, it's pretty. It's just kind of overcast. It's gotten a little cold, a little windy uh, right now, but uh, we've lucked out. It was supposed to rain, uh, and it's been so far kind of clear skies. Haven't really been outside that much to be perfectly honest with you but mostly mm. in and out of uh well going to the places i go to for my job i'll leave it at that anyway <laughs> um but yeah how about is it is it raining back in old nova scotia how is it back there um it's actually uh, it's quite uh, you can hold out your hand frodo because it's quite cool uh <laughs> we're getting into the quite mi- cool to the touch yeah. we're getting into the middle of uh well for our celsius listeners it's like 15 degrees for our fahrenheit listeners it's um hang on i can i can i can do this uh Celsius to Fahrenheit. I'm at, and playing the role of Lucas Mancini this week is willing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that would be around 59 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's about where we're at right now as we get closer to fall. By the way, uh, my name is Will Young, and Lucas Mancini is the guy who's in Mirror Machine New Brunswick this week. Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not much to report. I mean, after the uh, the harrowing tales of the hurricane from last from last week's episode, you can check that out. Uh, that last week's episode of Elwood City Limits. It feels like everything's kind of getting back to normal. Knock on wood, and hopefully it'll stay that way as we're getting ready for fall to hit. And I'm excited for fall. It's one of my favorite seasons. One of my four favorite seasons. No, yeah, I've I've definitely uh, I've gone through the five stages of grief when it comes to fall, you know, bartering, anger, all that jazz, and mm-hmm. I finally reached acceptance. I am ready for fall as well, um, to the point where uh, the episode of Arthur we watched this week uh, starts off very unseasonally mm-hmm. for yeah. our current season, and I almost found it. I f- almost there was. I'm not gonna say it was hard to watch. <laughs> But the, it just felt wrong. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. I assure you. But it was uh, a little un unwanted and unneeded reminder <laughs> of what lies ahead. Uh, and speaking of <laughs> reminders, certainly not unwanted or unneeded. Uh, we're gonna dip into the Elwood City Limits mail mailbag real quick over at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com hey if you're a listener to the show and you would like your email read on the air just send it to us and uh, we definitely want that and need that so uh, it's much appreciated yeah Will's like Spongebob when he doesn't get water he's sitting home waiting for emails going like I don't need it I don't need it I need it so yes um, I'm okay (laughs) I tried to tell you. <laughs> I, I didn't know you, you were ready to bust that out at any time. That's, That's impressive. Oh, man. SpongeBob's great. Like, oh, like old old SpongeBob's so great. Like, I remember some of it really well. I, actually, yo, like, yo, old SpongeBob be hitting different. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Old SpongeBob be hitting different, though. 
okay, maybe you can answer this for me. What is what does it mean when something hits different? I feel like I'm almost there, but I not quite hip to understand it. Okay, so you know when you get like a let's we're gonna make some more regional humor here. Yeah. Uh, you know when you get a cow's ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. And you could uh you could either buy like the regular cone or you could get a waffle cone. Mm. Uh, yo, when you get that waffle cone though, uh, cow's ice cream be hitting different. I see. So it's like improved or changed in a mark in a marked way that it affects your experience. I'm, tr- I'm trying. Um, I'm trying to urban dictionary uh, here. Um, uh, I, I'm trying to think of another funny example. Uh, uh, like I think hmm. I pretty much got it, but I I hmm. I see uh, I see like uh, you and former guests of the show more talking about <laughs> stuff hitting different, and I never felt more old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even I sometimes I look at Morris Twitter, and even I feel uh, old. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, uh, shout out to shout out to former friend, uh, not former friend, jeez, uh, 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 <laughs> former guest of the show, uh, Maximilius Mood on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, uh, at severely online, I believe is the at. Uh, they just came out with new music. Yes, I uh, saw with with a, with a new band called Dome and Out, and it is uh, some of the my favorite music any friend of mine has ever made. It's amazing. It's so sick. I- so I highly recommend. You check out, I think it's called Domino HC for hardcore.bandcamp.com. Um, their their fall demo is is insane. <laughs> I still got to check that out, but I am used to see. I see. Uh, speaking of that particular Twitter account, I'm used to seeing Domen out on my timeline a lot, and it's like, <laughs> oh, it actually means the name of their album. Got it. So. Well, I, I mean. Moore's been talking about Domen Out for a minute now, and that was not the name of the album. It was just a state of mind that Moore has been in. Uh, <laughs> but but now uh, I think Moore's been Domen Out so much lately that uh, truly they are they are now in Domen Out. Gotcha. See, this it's it's important to have young friends as you grow older, so that you aren't completely out of the loop uh, by the ravages of age. All right, let's get to this email from Curtis C., who reminds us that when they last emailed, they were on season three, and now they've finally finished with the back catalog. Thank you very much, Curtis. Something I've been thinking about is two topics on the show, namely the animal hierarchy and Elwood City geography. Hey, we're bringing back it. It's been a while since we talked about animal hierarchy. I'm happy to do so. Uh, Two of our evergreen topics. Another topic I think is right for discussion is the Arthur timeline. Arthur regularly references different episodes. So the question is, can every Arthur episode be sorted into a sensical order? I've come up with some basic ways of organizing the order, some of which include episodes before Arthur gets glasses, episodes before he gets pal, episodes that have calendar dates and seasons mentioned, especially summer, and episodes involving school. An important note in this topic is that not all the episodes have to take place when Arthur is in third grade, as the show so far has spanned second, third, and fourth grade. In a pinch, though, it could be said that an episode takes place later but doesn't mention it i think it's an interesting challenge the main obstacle being something like a character has too many birthdays for the show's run what do y'all think can it be done uh i'm coming to grips with ecl withdrawal i listen to maybe 10 episodes a week wow thank you very much curtis and i'm glad that you finally caught up have a phantasmagorical day says curtis from utah uh, so we kind of talk about this like every once in a blue moon i feel like i mention it when 
we get a flashback where Pal doesn't have his red collar, and it's like, oh, right. it's before he was like properly trained or when he was brand new. Yeah, like any sort of event that's that's happened in uh, Arthur that kind of they keep the continuity of can it can be one of those reference points, right? So there's like mm-hmm. pre-snowball, post-snowball. Pre pal, post pal, pre spanky, post spanky. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I feel like oh, um, the most recent example would be Arthur's neighbors moving in. That was a huge. I feel like all episodes that include Arthur's neighbors are now like in the future, right? The, and that affects this episode that we're going to be talking about as well. So we know exactly. that this is in the current quote unquote uh, season eight timeline because the Molinas are are there next door. And you know what? I actually don't think this is it. I mean, it would be a lot of work, but I actually think this is quite doable because mm-hmm. most Arthur episodes are seasonal. That's like a big theme throughout this show. It's almost um, I think it's something that's actually we haven't talked about about this show yet that uh, I think is kind of underplayed. But I really appreciate is much like a lot of kids cartoons usually just take place either during the school or during the summertime and then they'll have specials but mm-hmm. they're not really seasonal in the way Arthur is in that there's always like a fall they're fall episodes uh, where the season's kind of the set dressing and it's pronounced and it changes their clothes but it's not really a special like a Halloween special you know what I mean yeah um, it's kind of the thing that's most similar to in that sense is like Calvin and Hobbes or something I think Calvin and Hobbes is similarly very like seasonal with its kind of with its settings um, so yeah I think it's actually really doable uh, for instance, I, I keep thinking of these examples as we're talking about it. Um, when Prunella, uh, uh, her new friend, that they both like Henry Screever and all that yeah. stuff. That's all um, stuff that keeps every new character that kind of stays permanent is another one of these like touch points that you could point to to be like, okay, everything's either post this or pre this. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, and they, they do sometimes... Uh, throw a little wrench in things and just like this is in the past this is in the future so I mean people with a bit more free time than we have could definitely be welcome to do this as a way to kind of sort through Arthur and I'd be very interested with anybody's findings great idea Curtis and thank you for dropping us that line at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com we want to say a special thanks to our patrons Uh, of course as always we love to thank them but especially this week and we're going to be getting into that near the end of the episode as to why there's a special thanks involved. So before we start off with the episode here and also tease that for the end of the episode, make sure you stay through because we've got a big announcement for something else that's going to be available to everybody as in, and our patrons know this because they got to know about it a week early. Our patrons including Aaron DeFilippo and Alex. We've got Caitlin Harrington, Chandler LaFave Boten, Christine Wong, and Christopher Ifill, Sierra S, and Crescent Fresh. A lot of C's. We got Dan, Mike Dawson, Silva. We got Emily K and Froppy, Ian Collis, Jake Bailey, Joe Sue, John Dulong, and John Griswold for the J's. We got a couple K's, Kat, Kaylin Krogull, Kevin Noon, and Kristen. Uh, Leanne S, Light and Light Relentless for the L's, Macy Ball and Michaela Gibson for the M's, Riley Stevens and Ross Ward, and they are Shayna Bennett and Stella for the S's, Teresa and William. Thanks, everybody, and you will know why by the end of the episode. Let's get into it. Uh, Lucas, we're talking about Arthur's Snowbiz. And we start off on a little bit of a contentious note. It seems that Arthur and Buster best friends forever are having a bit of a disagreement yeah so this um this open air i don't want to be too harsh because it's actually not that bad but Mm. for some reason 
this opener really reminded me of like the cadence the cadence not necessarily the content but the formatting of like a family guy joke okay because we kind of get uh, Buster and Arthur are in this disagreement about who gets to use the pogo stick longer. Uh, Buster is kind of lamenting that um, uh, Arthur is kind of lamenting that Buster has been using the pogo stick longer than him. But Buster is measuring pogo stick time by a different metric, which is total bounces. Mm-hmm. And uh, he bounces slower than Arthur. And then Arthur kind of pontificates like, oh, I wonder if like all these famous things that technically go together uh, – ever had arguments so one example he uses is the Wright brothers and they're kind of arguing over um who gets to use their uh uh, sort of pre-plane whatever that thing's called yeah the first airplane at like kitty hawk their their flying device Mm -hmm. and then we have dr frankenstein and igor arguing (laughs) i liked Um, i liked this one because there's something i i really like Frankenstein as a whole the story and I just liked Dr. Frankenstein getting real lippy about the fact that he's like has a doctorate he's just like I didn't spend four years in medical school to share a credit with a lab assistant I just thought that was true of of the three that one's my favorite as well Um, and then we get jelly and peanut butter and this one's really weak and it's just kind of jelly and jelly and peanut butter arguing in the fridge. And I think the reason I find this kind of family guy ish I don't know why I, I feel like usually when they get kind of referential uh, or do this kind of situational humor where it's like, I wonder if this was like this. They usually insert one of the Arthur characters. Like, if if instead it was like Arthur as Dr. Frankenstein and Buster as Igor, I feel like this would fit more in tone or in line with, like, similar sequences we've seen, especially in opening sequences. I feel like we see that kind of storytelling a lot where it's like, oh, here's Arthur as this pop culture thing, and, and he's this kind of one a little... Uh, throwaway gag is kind of representative of the conflict of the episode but because it was like all these different just like again throwaway characters of the week like the jelly jar um i just something about it felt a little off to me uh but you're right i do like dr frankenstein complaining about having to share credit after spending i forget what the exact amount of marks he says he spent on medical school was but yeah that was also funny yeah, maybe just a bit more frivolous than uh, it normally is. It is more of like a jokey joke rather than like trying to tie or t- trying to directly tie it in. So I kind of I kind of see what you're saying, but uh, I mean it's it's kind of a fun way to kind of mix things up a little. That's that's at least kind of the way I took it. And then Arthur uh, ends up just straight up jacking the pogo stick away from Buster. Yeah, straight rips, rips and dips. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, so the, their conflict has a bit of something to do with the actual episode, which, of course, takes place in winter. Uh, so, God, don't remind me. It's so Arthur has to uh, shovel, help his dad shovel out the house. And shoveling snow, ugh, don't remind me. I can't this was tell always, you. This was always my least favorite. When I would have a snow day, I always would forget that this was coming. Like, I would be sleeping in and, and you know content being like oh my goodness i'm so happy it's a snow day and then all of a sudden reality would come crashing down upon me when i would realize oh wait no i have to help my father uh shovel out the driveway and similar to what takes place in this episode um my my dad liked being friends with his neighbors and he liked being known as the helpful friendly one so not only would we have to shovel out our driveway but we'd have to shovel out many of our neighbors driveways as well so i could definitely relate to arthur in this sequence well i'm sure those neighbors were very appreciative when i used to live in a house we had a uh neighbor a few a few doors down who would uh run the snowblower over the uh entire sidewalk of uh the street which we all really appreciated 
Um, but this was something, and of course, I used to have to. I was I was the main person to be shoveling snow at times like this. So it uh, brought back a lot of memories. I mean, shoveling snow, you got to do it. It's it, it sucks, but it's not the worst thing in the world you could be doing. Personally, I I hate raking leaves more than shoveling snow. But uh, I haven't had to do it in a long time because both my mother and I now live in apartments. So I don't miss it at all. Uh, I do like how uh, Mr. Molina asks Arthur to shovel the, shovel uh, his front for him because uh, Alberto has the flu. And he's like, I'll pay you $5. And Arthur's like, wow, five bucks. And then I was like, man, Mr. Molina totally hosed Arthur. I would have done. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone for. I don't get out of a. I don't get out of bed for less than ten dollars, Molina. Come on. Man. I. I. I mean, this was five dollars in early two thousands money, which still wasn't that much. But yeah. I will. Well, I. Uh, uh, no, I agree. Well, I think that uh, Mr. Molina is getting away with a deal. I similarly would demand up uh, at least ten. Arthur shovels the driveway. He got, he has his money, and then him and Buster are getting Sundays in the middle of the winter time. Yeah, an interesting an interesting play. Every once in a while during a cold month, I want an ice cream, but uh, it's definitely not, you know, you'd think maybe they'd want like a hot chocolate or something. But uh, I, you know what? I totally didn't even notice. And it's the kind of Sunday that Arthur's like drinking. So it's like, it's almost like a, a bit of a, a shake or something. Not often you see a Sunday getting drank. Um, and so Arthur, Arthur and Buster, or Buster really has the idea to do more shoveling for more money. And Arthur's kind of not with it at first, but then he's like, well, actually, I could buy like a new catcher's mid or I could buy a new this. He could actually, money can buy, can buy goods and services. So he thinks that maybe it's not such a bad idea. I mean, I've considered shoveling for money at different times, but I, I got to admit, for my situation, it just super sucks doing it all by yourself, especially the older you get. I, I know the next time that I'm going to have to shovel snow, it's not going to be fun. Uh, and it never was, but, uh, yeah, this, this, this is a very visceral for just because of where the nature of where we live and also kind of the nature of the seasons and it's getting started to get colder. This all, this whole episode is very visceral in how much I'm not looking forward to shovel snow. Oh no. It's and exactly. And for me, it's, Honestly, with apartment living, it's like there's less shoveling that I have to do. I still have to shovel out my car when the snow is really bad and de-icing my windshield. I hate it. I hate it so much. And you have to do that so often, especially when uh, when the weather's as cold as it is over here. Uh, so Arthur decides to make a little bit of a business of it. He goes around to a couple houses like Mrs. Tibble and offers to uh, shovel. And along the way, Buster kind of becomes his partner in a way. They, uh, he offers to uh, help Arthur do the job while also uh, uh, getting a bit of a, 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 pay, a pay raise, I guess. So Arthur is originally doing it for like $5 a house. Uh, he and Buster go to this big house that they do together. And uh, they end up doing the shoveling, the salting, and the de-icing of the car. For fifteen dollars now, I'm thinking from the parents' point of view here, or rather the adults' point of view here, fifteen dollars for shoveling, salting, and de-icing the car sold. Oh my gosh, yes, and uh, and uh, yeah, the salting like did Buster? I think it's sand. They they say it's sand, but he's essentially salting. Did he? Where did yeah. he get the sand from? Did he bring it himself? 
Um, I guess, I guess so, but it doesn't. We don't really, we don't really see it. That's a good point. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the person who lives there had like sand ready to go and just didn't want to spread it, which I completely understand. So yeah, they they do that. They get fifteen dollars, but they have a little bit of a disagreement about a, a, a really silly disagreement about how like um, they should both get. 14 no uh sorry 750 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. evenly so I, I i broke this down and I, I think i wrote down in my notes um what did i say i said uh oh yeah uh first of all i i forgot to mention and i'm opening my notes again i forgot to mention that uh when buster goes to the tibble twins's uh grandma's house and he says do you need your money shoveled that's very funny um, but then also I wrote down and part of my French here, I'm about to swear, but I, I think I must, this was definitely what I was thinking at the moment, which is Buster is wiling out because Buster has the gall <laughs> to say that he deserves the dollar because he was there first. And I, I feel like what this episode's trying to do is to show like a balanced perspective of like, Oh, you know, sometimes friends get into disagreements, but in the end they'll, they'll get through it and try to say that they're kind of both in the wrong, but they're really not. It's straight up Buster. Just like, I don't know where Buster got this idea that he deserved that extra dollar, but it's crazy. Buster's a really bad business partner uh, for this move. And I, but I, I gotta say, I think it's more like he's going to keep yeah, he's going to keep the dollar, and my implication was, oh, he's going to keep it so he can turn it into quarters. Like, really, that's all you need to do. But, yeah, they get into this r- relatively petty, but, like, oh, I no, see Arthur's... Oh, no, I think he says, he says, I'll take the dollar because I was there first. Like, I think he, oh, he, he... That's what I'm saying is he wants to pocket that dollar because, he, in his mind, he deserves it more, which is uh, wild. <laughs> no, that's no, that, that's, that's no way to run a business. I did like how Buster also justified it by, like, uh, Arthur's like, you spent all that time just on the step talking and, and sipping cocoa. And he's just like, that was customer relations. So I, I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, so Arthur and Buster part ways uh, unamicably. And they're going to be... What we see is they start up uh, competing snow shoveling businesses. The next day, there's another dump of snow and... Uh, Arthur, first of all, shovels his place out immediately, right before, even before Dad can get to it. Buster is the first to kind of fire the opening salvo. He starts off with posters, and he and it's like a real WCW move. He's like, uh, "We will make your snow disappear like magic, not like other shoveling businesses." Yeah, I'm looking at the poster now, and it says, "Watch the snow just disappear. No icy patches like certain other shoveling businesses." Man, that's. That's greasy. Yeah, this is some straight uh, up WWE. This is like some Vince McMahon on the conference call saying that AEW's blood and guts. You know what I mean? This is a very, <laughs> it, it's got that kind of energy to it. So Arthur decides to make his own posters at the copy store. I love this. Uh, uh, so it's like he makes a bunch of copies. They're ten, and he's like, oh, $10. And the cashier just kind of gives him the Toru Yano shrug. He's just like, <laughs> I, don't know to, I don't know what to tell you, kid. This cashier and his bowl cut, it might be the throwaway character of the week. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's man, kind of a, it's so? kind of it's kind of a slow week for throwaway characters of the week. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know who else we would pick. So I mean, this cat his his face is pretty good in that one frame. So I don't I don't know who else would contend besides maybe Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, that's a little bit of a a legacy though. So I'm willing to give it to the kid here, the uh, the shrugging copy guy. 
the poor beleaguered uh, copy boy. Uh, so yeah, Arthur gets his own uh, ones, and he and Buster like have a little bit of a tiff over like crumpling up each other's uh, 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 notices, and Buster crumples up an ad for a lost cat. Uh, so Arthur's next move here is to use DW in order to uh, get more business opportunities. And this is kind of like as this was going on and we kind of get Arthur's um, different strategies and Buster's different strategies. This is a decent introduction to economics for the target oh, yeah. audience. It's It reminded me of go- two things, right? It, 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 yeah. it, in, and I, I do think this whole montage of kind of Buster and Arthur trying to one-up each other is the best part of this episode. It was kind of dragging a little bit for me up to this point, but I really do like mm-hmm. this sequence, and it's for two reasons. One, like you said, in terms of their their race to the bottom and their different advertising strategies, it is there is an educational, almost lemonade stand vibe uh, to the way all of this is playing out, of trying to you know spend less money than is coming in and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But also it's got a fun, like... There's almost like they their their marketing strategies kind of get a little bit ridiculous to the point where there's almost like a fun like spy versus spy element to all of this of like once like Arthur's like trucking around DW and he's 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 got the tape with like DW's song on it and like all of this stuff and 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 well it's, a, and, it's actually Buster Buster has the tape first right right of, right and then he and then Arthur creates a competing rap song that he carts around on a sled on a boombox. Yeah, like all of that is like that, that is definitely like my favorite parts of the whole episode. It's just so ridiculous. It's and it's and it's interesting just escalation uh, in our kind of system how this how this ends up working out. Uh, brother versus brother and they just are competing over and they they also keep we get to the point where they're like undercutting each other's price points where it's like Buster's doing it for four so Arthur does it for 350 and all this kind of stuff and they're essentially just wearing themselves thin uh I think uh we get to Grandma Thor's place and I forget how much Buster offered to do it for like uh, a dollar or maybe like a dollar fifty, and then Arch is like, "Well, then I'll do it for free." Like we're getting really desperate here. There's also in this montage we see Arthur de-icing a car in freezing rain, and I got a little bit of a flashback, and or perhaps a flash forward. I don't want to do it again. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they have this really exhausting day where they're just trying their best to make profit and outdo each other. Uh, these two best friends. I I also forgot earlier in the episode, Francine has a great line because we see Francine and Binky going off to like uh, have a snowball fight or sl- or sled or something. And Arthur's like, no, actually, I'm going to go shovel some places and uh, make a bit of extra money. And then Francine just goes, all right, call us when you're rich. And it just felt like a really good thing to say to somebody who's having to go to work. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. I'm going to have to remember that one. So Arthur's convalescing. The weather says that tomorrow uh, will be completely sunny and clear. No more snow. And when you know it, there's just a bloody another snowstorm. And this was this. There's there's actually a moment in the episode where DW like just yells like, "Wake up, Arthur! Wake up, Arthur! No school!" And I gotta say, if your line of work or if your if your particular school is affected by snow closures, enjoy your life. I'm not gonna get that anymore. It's not like snow clothes. I got, like, I got some, I'm, gonna, and, I'm, gonna, I'm about to make you sick. Will because, uh-oh. uh, my line of work absolutely is affected by snow closures. Oh, baby. I know. I know it is. Uh, ha ha. 
So enjoy it, my friend, because <laughs> now school closures and snow days are just make things even worse for me. I'm in that I'm it's, in that part of my life just, now, and yeah. it's only it's only gonna get worse after I have kids who go to school, and I'm gonna have to be around them all day. So <laughs> enjoy your life while you can. If snow closures affect you, whether you're in uh, junior high, high school, university, or if uh, you just had a workplace that closes down when with inclement weather. Mine's definitely not. Uh, so eventually, they're so Arthur and Buster have to spend another snow day just competing with each other. They've undercut each other's prices to the point where it's hardly even worth it anymore. And this, speaking of like, you know, a kid's introduction to economics, this is also a kid's introduction to the horrors of capitalism. Oh yeah. As these, oh yeah. These. As they just kind of, Arthur and Buster kind of meet and they're like, hey, have you got like blisters on your toes? And Arthur's like, toes, uh, knees, hands, you name it. And they're just like physically spent. They're mentally tired. They're just miserable. And it's like, this is what capitalism does to you. Yeah, that part's it's- really, really dark. Like when they're like, do you have those blisters everywhere? Like it's 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 kind of out of nowhere and it's not really touched upon again. It's just kind of like a one throwaway line, but it's. But you're like, oh, man. Great exchange between them where they're both kind of mournfully talking about how dire each of their individual situations have gotten, you know, this kind of race to the bottom. Um, Mm. Arthur has offered to shovel the temple parking lot for 75 cents, uh, which if you think about how big a parking lot is and how much money 75 cents is, he's really in a rough spot. Um, And Buster retorts that he's doing the community center playground for 50 cents. So... Uh, both significant jobs for not that much money. Yeah, it really sucks. So they see Muffy is being driven around in a truck with a uh, like a cow, not a cow catcher, but like a a plow on the front of it, and they're essentially getting beaten at their own game. They're getting outcapitaled in this horrible system. And Arthur kind of takes a look at it and just like, "Hey, Buster, do you want to like just go and have fun?" As they see Brain, Binky, and Francine going to going to snowboard, and they're just like, "Yeah, let's go have fun. Let's like let's like actually enjoy the snow day." So they do, and that's it. They just decide to say goodbye to capitalism for one friggin' day in their lives. Truly, what the, truly the best the best moral we've ever seen from Arthur in reality. Yeah, I think an evergreen moral. Yes. I'd say. All right, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of kind of just where that ends. Uh, we'll get into our feelings about it uh, near the end of the episode. For now, uh, let's have a little break, and we'll get back to you in just a moment. Hi there, Elwood City Limits listener. Uh, just a quick note here from your buddy, your pal, Will Young, that this show is supported by all of you listeners just like you by the following ways. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter at ECL Podcast. Tumblr, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. And Instagram at Elwood City Limits. Drop us a line on social media. We'd love to hear from you and give us a like, a heart, whatever it is. Email ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. You can get your email read here on the air. Just send it to us and uh, let us know what you think of the episode, of the show, of anything in particular that we might have talked about or that's on your mind. And you can find the podcast by going to ElwoodCityLimits.Libsyn.com and you can find it at your local podcast provider. Now, if the show is not on a service that you use all the time and you'd like to change that, make sure to drop us a line and we will get it on there as soon 
soon as possible. All right, let's get back to the episode now, already in progress. And we're back. We go from talking about the snow to talking about talking about bugs in Bugged. And uh, we'll get into that. But, f- but we don't see any bugs straight away. The cold open is all about the different ways in which we as people view each other. Although, taken in a bit more literal sense. Uh, DW's watching Mary Moo Cow and Arthur comes into the living room and he's like 10 feet tall. His head scraping the ceiling. And... <laughs> It's a really funny, strange line here. He's just like, DW, why am I so large today? So, I I don't know what it is with the the openings this week. Uh, something about this opening just made me feel ill. Like, yeah, it's was just, it it's, was it hit was it hitting different? It, no, it, it, well, it was hitting different, but in the negative sense, in that okay, it, it's just it's just I I don't know like. The way Giant Arthur looks made me feel upset. The way he dips his head in the peanut butter kind of makes me feel upset. The way when Bob looks at him and he's a baby makes me feel upset. It's just upsetting. It's just odd. I'm looking at it right now. His giant <laughs> head, like, it's just odd to look at. It's weird. It messes with your oh, perceptions. And then the, peanut, of... the peanut butter's really just like, oh, the peanut butter's really just... Big, you know, peanut butter baby vine by vibes from that, you know. Does it feel good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it it most certainly does not feel good. Um, no. Yeah. So hitting hitting different can mean positive and negative, right? Um, I really, I don't know if it, I, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's it's mostly when something hits different. Well, I think it's mostly the positive sense. Oh, okay, uh, maybe. Maybe that's what was confusing me, because <laughs> I figured it. I figured it could be both. Uh, yeah. So I think essentially, if, if something really makes you. I. I think if we're really gonna uh, uh, like get granular with this, I think it's like please. if something makes you feel it, it, like it, 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 like inspires an extremely emotional reaction within you, it can hit different. So it's okay. like, oh, like, you know, this song be hitting different. Like, oh, like, and that could not necessarily be a positive thing, but it's like you listen to. Uh, uh, you listen to "Blonde" by Frank Ocean. It'd be hitting different, you know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. uh in the, in the sense that it, it's got you in your feelings. Uh, yes. But uh, I would I would I would say Giant Arthur not hitting different. Uh, just just hitting. It just hits me in a okay. in a way that I was not prepared for. Okay, I'm beginning to understand a little better. Um, yeah, so again, with the perspectives, like DW sees Arthur as a, as basically a giant who eats everything, whereas Mom comes into the living room and she can't help but see Arthur as as her little baby, and it's little, literally Arthur in as a baby with glasses and a high chair. And then Pal comes into the room and he's got his dish and he sees Arthur as a waiter because he's uh, serving him his lunch. So, yeah, just the different ways that we can see other people, which leads into... So, Arthur isn't really the crux of the story at all. It's actually a brain episode. And we start off in... The, the It's it's going somewhere. So, like, I, I knew that my uh, my annoyance wouldn't wouldn't stick around for too long, but it's like brain being... It's, it's peak brain over here. We got Neil the Brain Tyson over here. Uh, as he and Binky are watching Bionic Bunny, and he's like, 
you know, Bionic Bunny's on this like easily escapable death trap that is needlessly slow. And and Brain's pointing all this out of just like, why wouldn't he just do something right now? Why would he set up this huge, really slow death trap? And Binky's like, stop ruining it for me. Like, hey, pro tip, if this looks familiar to you, if the way Brain is looks familiar to you, don't be this person. Like, just don't. Yeah, Brain is... I mean, I've had my complaints about Brain at his most mild, right? And this is this might be the worst we've seen for Brain this whole episode. And I, I know that that's the intention of the writers, and it's so he, he could have a change of heart and kind of learn his lesson. But boy, howdy, is he giving off a big Sheldon Cooper vibes. And boy, howdy, is that not what I want to see on my television? You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think it's kind of disappointing because I feel like Brain had kind of almost been redeemed. I felt like we had a couple great Brain episodes in a row, usually him mm. being kind of paired with another character. Um, but this is this is the Brain of old. Yeah, it's real. It's not good. And even though we like, even at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. He's clearly being this annoying for a reason. But uh, yeah, it just. It's not fun to sit through. It just reminds you of all the people that you've known who have done this. And even myself, when I've been like this in the past, it's just like, man, nobody likes this. Uh, and that's, but that's the point is that Vinky said, Vinky says, I don't like, I hate when you do that. It really bugs me. Uh, we get a f- couple more examples of brain kind of being like this. Whereas Mr. Ratburn's teaching something about the solar system. I forget precisely what, but brain chimes in and has to like basically be the brain about it where it's, you know, he answers the question a bit too well. And then, you know, goes on and just like, isn't there, isn't there controversy that uh, Pluto is may not be classified as a planet after all. And reference basically, like, which is literally, I, I, that is, that is literally a Neil, De- that is literally a Neil deGrasse Tyson thing is mm-hmm. like, uh, actually Pluto isn't a planet at all. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's a spo- it's a bit of a spoiler alert for uh uh for that actually happening. I forget when that was, but it was semi recently, like in the last ten years, I'd say. Oh yeah, Mister Appern has a smooth denial because he's like, brain brain keeps saying this stuff, and he's like, please raise your hand, Alan, and he raises his hand to say something else, and then brain does it again, and he's like, hand, Alan. And Brain raises his hand. He's like, sorry, that's it for today. And just, like, moves the hell on. And it's like, ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that was pretty cold for Mr. Rapper. That was, I got to say, Mr. Rapper was, uh, uh, that was definitely a bruh moment for Brain right there. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all, you know what? Might as well throw it out there. I'm still trying to, I, I think, I think I get it. I think I do. I'm still just trying to wrap my hands around I'm my brain around. Different? Uh, no, 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 around bruh moment. Oh, bro! Now bruh moment is the one that we're okay. What do you want to know about a, a bruh moment? I think I know what it is. Like I really okay. think I do. So okay. I, 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 I don't have anything to ask. I just wanted to. Did uh? You know, did, put, now I, I gotta ask this before we move on. Did figuring yes. out what a bruh moment was give you a bruh moment? Were you were you having a bruh moment? When you figured out no. what 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 that was, no, I, I feel like I figured that one out pretty naturally. Like I literally didn't have to ask somebody about it, right. like I did with, well, like I did with hitting different. Right. So I feel like that it came about naturally via context clues. Okay. Uh, no, no, uh, asking you what hitting different was was a real bruh moment was, for me. You were like bruh. Okay. Oh, like, Good to know. I also to can't know. make this sound natural. I'm so lame. Huh. 
Thank God, thank God you're here to at least at least make it seem like I might be cool. Oh, listen, <laughs> not not listen. Huey Lewis once said, "Well, it's hip to be square," and it, that remains true to this day. You know what I'm saying? You might be the coolest <laughs> one of us all. <laughs> okay, tone it down here. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank thanks anyway. Uh, we also get the brain playing capture the flag with on a team with Arthur, Buster, and Francine. And he does this really long-winded explanation of which includes the phrase, haven't you learned anything from the Battle of Agent Court? Which is uh, a big part of Henry V, the Shakespeare play. Excuse me. So that's what that's how I knew what that was. But I also didn't really know what ga- Brain was getting at. He tries to explain on his uh, his pocket assistant, his uh, his data assistant, like kind of a Palm Pilot sort of thing. What was that one on The Simpsons where you you like the Apple one that they were making fun of, where you had like a uh, like a pen? Do you know what I'm talking about? This was from I don't like, know if I saw that. This one. was like from the Apple Dark Years. What is that thing called? Apple, uh, pen, nineties, Simpsons. I'm not sure if I know what this is. This one's gonna be a quick Google search. They they talk about it in. Freak. What do they talk about it in? I think they talk about it in that like Soderbergh, Steve Jobs movie. Uh, they have a little Simpsons clip where he, Bart uses the really crappy Apple device, uh, but and now it's not even worth talking about. I feel like I should know, but I really don't. I can't think of it. Yeah, it's just this bad Apple thing from the nineties. Okay, uh, let me know if you figure it out. But essentially, brain with this uh, long-winded explanation, uh, com- like completely lets them be over uh, blindsided and lose at capture the flag. Uh, brain forgets his palm. I'm just gonna call it the palm pilot. I forget what it's at, what he calls in the show uh, at the field, and then goes back to get it and overhears Francine saying that brain can be a real pest sometimes with the way he constantly has to prove how smart he is to everybody else and uh, that kind of doesn't make brain feel great uh but he, again he kind of like it's it's clearly something that he has a hard time helping like late that night uh when his mom's tucking him in he asks her if she feels he's a pest and she's and his mom's like no why would i think that and then brains again like cor- he corrects her for using a preposition at the beginning of a sentence and it's like oh geez imagine imagine Having the brain as your child and just this continuing yeah, on. Yeah, this, this is your life now, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> um, so Brain goes to sleep that night and he wakes up in Baby's first Kafka story. I was just going to he... say, have we, we always call Arthur Lynchian, but have we ever called it Kafka-esque? Not uh, if we have, it certainly has never been in quite this way before. Brain wakes up and discovers that he is, except for his face, he is head to toe a, a co- like a, co- a beetle or a cockroach. He's I, I I think they just call him a pest. Yeah, it's definitely pest. definitely yeah. cockroach though is I think what they're going yeah, for. Very much so. So he and he's kind of the same size as he was before he's just got like an antenna he's got four arms he just looks like a giant bug with brains head and but it seems that everybody thinks that that's normal including his mother uh so clearly a dream as we uh have him go to uh school with the with the sweater that his grandmother bought for him 
And everybody is very openly hostile to Brain here. Like, he gets into Ratburn's class, and he's like, sorry, I'm late, Mr. Ratburn. And Ratburn just immediately goes, okay, just take a seat and quit bugging us. Yeah, the bug po- This episode, they really, it's almost like Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin level of how much they lean on this, like, bug stuff throughout this latter half of the episode in, in terms of, you know, um, ice to meet you, uh, what killed the dinosaurs, the ice age. The ice age. Yeah, um... Uh, cool, cool party. Uh, let off, uh, uh, yeah, cool, what? cool off. Uh, You're not sending me to the cooler. <laughs> oh, you know the deep cuts. I almost said yeah. let off some steam, but that's from a different movie. <laughs> that's from that's from Commando, that's son. From Commando, that's right. Let off some steam, Bennett. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they do get their chance to do this. Uh, Brain can't hold the pencil in his like pincer. Uh hands in order to do this pop quiz and instead produces uh, like brown slime on the paper and Ratbird immediately gives him an F. As he should. Later on at lunch we find out that the school is not is very inaccessible for kids who are bugs whereas um, <laughs> Brain comes to the cafeteria and Haney immediately stops him and he's like I'm sorry we have uh, we've been getting uh, violations from the health code. Oh my goodness! For, this is truly I the guess, letting you. letting dogs on Dartmouth patios of <laughs> Arthur is letting your bug friend eat in your cafeteria. And and Haney's like again very like you know Brain even says, but I'm hungry. And you know you think there's a you know there's a, a whole talking point in in America right now about you know school lunches for kids and how they shouldn't cost anything and school lunches for kids who are bugs Haney just gives them some garbage to eat like he just points into the trash and's like there you go man it's rough out here he can't even take a school picture with everybody which he's wearing the sw- the grandmother's sweater cuz it's picture day uh because they take the picture and he immediately gets scared because of the flash so an interesting kind of uh, bug theme thing happening there. Uh, so later on, he tries to assist Buster as he has like a problem with his bike, and everybody again openly hostile towards him, just like you know, quit bugging us. You know, oh. we don't, we don't, we don't like pests around here. And Binky has a line here because it, it, it turns against Brain incredibly quickly. Like everybody's really mad and aggressive, and Binky says, "You know what we do with pests? We squash them." Which is essentially just like, you know what we do with pests? We kill them. Oh, yeah. No, no. The the implication here is that in a, in a mob-like fashion, if people catch up to Brain, they're going to kill him. To, they're going to step on him to death, which is very it's, li- it's very morbid. It's a little intense, yeah. Even though it's, you know, obviously a dream. But still, it's like not a great way for you to regard your friends, I guess. Um so his friends chase him to this cave and they're like kind of using some of his own lines back at him. Like uh, Francine's saying, have you not learned anything from the battle of agent court? And they tie him up in a similar trap to uh, what brain and Binky were watching on bionic bunny. And again, brain just can't let it go. He keeps saying, you know why it's, why would you go have me go through this long uh, thing in order to squash me? Why don't you just do it right now? And Binky just says, it's less fun that way. And Brain's about to be killed when he wakes up. <laughs> so yeah, more than a little strange, I'd say. Besides, and a little Ca- dark, yeah, a little it dark. is really strange. Uh, again, this episode started off confusing and upsetting me with the giant Arthur, and it kind of continued to do so. And just this this weird 
uh, dream sequence. Do you know what this kind of reminded me of? It's funny, like, I haven't... People getting called bugs, it's actually a recent news story. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, is it Washington Post? Let me just double-check this to make sure I have uh, all my facts straight. Da, 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 da. Opinions. I think he's a Washington Post or New York Times or maybe New York Times columnist. Uh, Brett Stevens, famous conservative uh, New York Times columnist, uh, had a Twitter meltdown. You know the old adage, there's always one main character of Twitter and the role. Every day there's a main character of Twitter and you never want to be it, right? Um, well, I I haven't, but that makes a lot of sense. Uh, a couple, uh, I think like last week or the week before, Brett Stevens was the main character of Twitter when he had a complete meltdown when he heard a, saw a, a professor. He was name-searching himself, and a professor, and this tweet had like six likes and, and like no retweets or something, had called him a bedbug. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Brett Stevens uh, tried to get this guy fired by emailing the dean at the school he worked at and CCing him and saying that, uh, you know, if he wants to come and call him a bedbug to his face in front of his family, by all means. But he found this behavior abhorrent and disgust. He like really overreacted, um, and then people started making fun of him. Uh, and then he like doubled down uh, on it and was going on uh, like CNN. And then he wrote this whole op-ed talking about how uh, you know in Nazi Germany the Jews were compared to oh bedbugs. Oh uh, no! Yeah, he really, really. Uh, he he really had a meltdown, and this is someone who you know, Brett Stevens. He's a conservative columnist. This is someone who talks about you know firebombing people in the Middle East and stuff like that. Right? This is a this is it's it's I, it might sound like you I I I don't want you to uh, think of him as like you know you might feel bad for this person just hearing mm-hmm. uh, without all the proper context, but this guy. Uh, you know what? He truly is a bed bug in, in his behavior and sort of his his views. He's a really like nasty neocon. Anyway, the point is, uh, uh, people. The Twitter discourse for a couple days was, is it okay to call someone a bug or not? And so that's what all this bug talk, <laughs> especially this extra hostile one at the end. I couldn't help but <laughs> picturing Brain sort of as Brett Stevens, uh, and 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 uh, uh, Binky and the gag as the Twitter mobs coming for him. <laughs> I that's I love bed bug as an insult. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just now, it's just as benign enough to not be like really too mean, but it's it's just nasty enough to be like, yeah, you're a bed bug. I gotta say, bed bug hits different. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> great. Um, yeah, so Brain is troubled by this dream. He tries to ask Prunella exactly what it means. That doesn't really get him anywhere. Uh, he, plus, he keeps trying to correct her, uh, and it kind of comes to the conclusion on his own that he should be uh, – he, he takes a vow of silence here that uh, if his words haven't been helping anybody, then he should just be quiet. So he decides to be completely silent uh, which he tries his best to stick to. And of course, wouldn't you know it, all of the convenient ways in which he could be speaking uh, <laughs> immediately rear their head. Like, he could have answered a question in class that would have got them to recess 15 minutes earlier, but he stuck to his guns, and uh, uh, Buster said the Statue of Liberty was a natural landmark, so Brain uh, had to bite his tongue on that one. 
He also had a suggestion for a way for Arthur to win a game of marbles. Marbles making a return after the Grandma Thora marbles episode. All the lingo too, steelies and all that stuff. And the taw. Don't forget about the taw. He try he tries some you know, he tries to like clear his throat and like gesture towards what Arthur should do, but Arthur's really not getting it. Uh, so this whole vow of silence thing is not going super well for old brain. And eventually it just gets to the point where he tries to be silent as they play another game of capture the flag, but has to speak out or else they're going to lose. So he immediately formulates a plan that ends up with them winning the game of capture the flag. And then afterwards, he explains to everybody why he uh, wasn't talking, and he, uh, Francine, Francine, to her credit, does apologize for calling him a pest, even when she didn't say that to his face, but he's, you know, it kind of did hurt his feelings a bit, and Arthur says that, you know, everybody, everybody annoys everybody at some point, which is a good lesson to learn, and it is true, you know, you're not... Un- infallible to everybody at all times. It's like eventually, in one way or another, you're going to annoy somebody who and people who really like you. But that's okay because the people who really like you can usually see through that stuff. And they mentioned how everybody else is, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Binky's a bully, Muffy's a snob, and Buster eats all my dessert. And then Buster immediately counters by. <laughs> this almost took me by surprise. Buster is like, "What about Francine? She can be a real." Big mouth. <laughs> Not what I thought he was gonna say. <laughs> Which that that gave me a big laugh, and I did like Francine following up with like her literally screaming, "I am not a big mouth." And Francine is actually kind of where we end the episode because after she screams, "I am not a big mouth," and everybody walks away happy, Francine wakes up the next day and discovers that she has the mouth of a pelican. Again, the the, the 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 weird Kafka horror continues. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I guess Francine has some growing of her own to do. That's the end of that one. A couple of really like strange or like almost abrupt endings to these episodes this week. Um, let's dial it back here to the tale of why capitalism was bad. Arthur Snowbiz, um, Lucas, what did you think of this one? Uh, Arthur Snowbiz, it's funny because while I was watching it, there was moments where I kind of checked out for a little bit and got a little bit bored. Uh, but there also were a lot of high moments too. Uh, I think the the uh, the opening, as as much as I had issues with it, is memorable. And I also think that um, I love that montage of of Buster and Arthur kind of playing games of one upsmanship with each other in the second half of the episode. Um, I think that's really the highlight of the episode. I think it, it's it's in between the opening and that part that the episode kind of drags a tad. Um, but besides that, I, the more we talk about it and the more you kind of uh, uh, show it as an example of, of the trials and tribulations of capitalism and trickle-down economics and their sort of race to the bottom, I, I kind of end up liking it more in retrospect as we talk about it. So it's a little bit slow. I, w- I would just call it kind of an okay episode, nothing like crazy special. Um but, yeah, when you frame it as if the ending is, you know what, sometimes you just need to have fun and not worry about making money. It's like, yeah, yeah hell yeah, Arthur, absolutely. Um, and also, I will say this, I wasn't crazy about either of the episodes this week. I definitely, it was the episode I preferred uh, 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 to Bugged. 
I definitely agree with that. I, and I and I like the way you sum, sum that up of just like, you know, sometimes it's not about making money. It's about having fun. So I, I appreciated that was where we kind of ended up. Yeah, it's like it's not much of a I, I had fun with Arthur Snow Biz. And as much as it gave me, you know, uh, dread for the upcoming winter season, I did like the kind of ways in which things escalated. And if you look at it as a parable for capitalism, which you can and you cannot, so it's not like it's, you know, a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. And even as a way to check, look at economics, it is actually kind of interesting to see the ways in which they kind of creatively undermine each other until it leads them both to feeling miserable. Uh, it, it, it gave me the feeling, the, the kind of good feeling that you would get after shoveling snow and you would be like, all right, now I'm going to lie on the couch because I did a lot of work. And uh, so that game kind of gave me that feeling. So I liked this episode. I wouldn't say it's an all-time great or anything, but I think it was pretty fun. And uh, I'm going to remember it pretty fondly. As for Bugged, uh, yeah, as much as it was, I, I, you know, I knew immediately that we have to have Brain be this sort of character in order to get where we're going. And it is an important lesson to learn. I do like the lesson of you're not going to be, you know, you're going to annoy people that you love sometimes and people who love you will annoy you sometimes too. And you got to just learn to like, that's just going to happen. You just got to learn to deal with it. But the whole meat of the episode, I just found, I just don't find brain terribly compelling as a main character because I don't really care about him. I like him better when he's part of an ensemble or when he's kind of the, I guess more stereotypical role of the brain. Um, when he kind of serves that purpose. There's not a whole lot about him eight seasons in that I find super interesting. Uh, I also got to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the voice actor who's playing him at this point in season eight. I think he's just a little bit too high-pitched, and I find his voice a little uh, annoying, so that makes me want to see Brain even less. So, I don't know. This didn't do a whole lot for me. It was at least creative, and again, I liked the message. But I'm not going to come back to it anytime soon. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I and I'm usually the one, like, the weirder an Arthur episode is, the more free passes I'll give it. Like, if an Arthur episode's really out there, bizarre, or creative, I'll usually uh, have a little bit more patience with it than the regular Slice of Life episodes. But for some reason, I really just didn't like this episode. From Brain acting mm-hmm. like a know-it-all the whole time to like I see what they were going for with the bug thing but it's like a dream sequence that kind of pops up in the last third and then is disregarded and like the the entire vibe of the dream sequence again I know it's 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 purposefully negative but it's negative in a way that's we're not used to for Arthur it just totally feels strange just as strange as it felt to see Arthur two sizes too big and shove his his paw into peanut butter uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's just, I really, it's hard to describe why I didn't like this episode, but I just didn't find it. Like you said, I didn't find it compelling. It's not necessarily like all the bug stuff is weird, but it isn't really funny or anything. It's just kind of strange yeah. for strange sake. Like I'm looking at this picture now of Binky wearing this cape and they're in this cave and it's like, it's just odd. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then the way it wrapped up in the end with, like, I get the message that they're trying to say, but also he just kind of breaks his vow of silence anyway, and, and it's, it's I, this episode just didn't do it for me. I So far, I mean, we're early into season eight right now, but it's certainly my least favorite of it thus far, because it's been a pretty solid season. 
I agree. And I, I'm hoping that we have more solid episodes to come. Uh, but this one, yeah, not so much, but it's okay. We still had fun talking about it. Okay. Lucas, I think now is the time to talk about our next venture in the Elwood City Limits universe. Now, this is something that our patrons uh, found out about last week. And if you're a patron, you get to find out about this kind of stuff early. And it's because of them that we're going to be doing something really cool with this opportunity. But this was your idea. So I'd love if you would tell everybody about what we're going to be doing. That's right. So, uh, you know, Will, you've learned about bra moments. You've learned about uh, uh, you've learned about hitting different. Well, now uh, I'm going to teach you a thing or two about drip, my friend, because oh, if, drip. If, if, if you if you want drip, if you if you're trying to be dripping, let me see if I can pull up the exact link. So I have the URL right in front of me. Just a second. I need you to stop for stall for a second. Well, sure. I, I mean, I, I'll be. I, I, I mean, I'll. I'll take this all out in the edit. So, it's oh, a lot. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. If you want you drip, go. go to teespring.com/slash/stores/slash/Elwood City. Okay, this this URL is not great, but well, I can work <laughs> on that as well. But you go to teespring.com/slash/stores/slash/Elwood hyphen city hyphen limits hyphen store uh i'm sure will will post it on all the socials in fact we should probably uh put it in the descriptions of all the socials so it's easy to find we have merch uh you could buy a t-shirt with the classic elwood city limits logo or a hoodie with the logo or the a tank top even if that's your style um Mm -hmm. and the t-shirts come in multiple colors you know black white and of course the classic arthur orange uh and just this it's just the stuff with the logo right now um i'm gonna try and put some more stuff on there uh hopefully i'll get a shirt up there with the picture that rich morris the former character artist for arthur drew of me and will that'll be a fun shirt and i have uh my good friend josh working on a a pretty special shirt that I really really am excited to post on the shore the store as well and we'll we'll be sure to update you guys for when that comes out too but yeah go to teespring.com slash store slash elwood hyphen city hyphen limits hyphen store uh again bad url but uh we'll we'll post it on the socials and cop some sick ecl merch for sure, we're really excited to be doing this, and uh, one of, and one of the things our patrons have been helping us with is that we used the most recent Patreon money to uh, commission the um, t- the upcoming design from Josh, who I must add, Lucas, a couple of your friends have been really, really great about that final push for uh, uh, Best of Halifax oh, yeah, 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 voting. Yeah. For context for the listeners, if you follow uh, the Elwood City Limit socials, Josh drew that amazing uh, two days left to vote uh, poster, which I guess this is now is as good as time as any. We're not going to have an update for uh, a, a couple of months now about the, the Best of Halifax awards, but the voting is now closed. I want to thank everybody who uh, got the word out and voted for us. I know we might have been a little bit annoying for these past couple months, as we always are around this season, but it means a lot to me and Will. So appreciate everyone who, who voted and who supports the show. Thank you, everybody. And, of course, uh, the Teespring is a way to support the show. So is the Patreon. And uh, we would love to hear your feedback about any and all of that. Please, at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com and elsewhere. We're going to be doing a whole new uh, middle-of-the-show uh, ad break as well in case, uh, well, just to kind of make sure everything's all in one place. A lot of cool stuff happening, and this is what we were talking about. Uh, so I got to see I got to see about copying an ECL shirt myself if I ever want to represent out in public, which, uh, well, maybe we'll be able to do 
sooner rather than later. But that's the big thing is our Teespring store. And thanks a lot, Lucas, for uh, getting that set up. I'm really excited that we have this. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't that much work. And it, I'm still going to tinker around with it. Like, I'm just seeing now the prices in Canadian and they're looking a little wonky. So I, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a work in progress. But uh, 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 yeah, I, I'm excited to have ECL merch to be caught, uh, to be, you know, walking around town, repping, repping the team, you know? Mm hmm. Uh, and we've got even more. Elwood City Limits goodness to come as we uh, have another episode coming up very, very soon. Uh, we'll see what location Lucas could be in next time when we record. And it's going to be Fernkenstein's Monster and DW Dancing Queen. So another Fern oh. episode is on our door. Very excited. And it's Halloween appropriate, too. We're not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm ready to get into the season. I'm getting all the horror movies ready. I want to this this Halloween is gonna it's gonna hit different. Oh my god! <laughs> you're, you're you're in love. You love it. Saying <laughs> does saying hitting different hit different for you? It do it do be like that sometimes. Oh man! I'm gonna try and <laughs> keep this a text. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I can make this sound natural, so don't worry about it. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us here for this episode, and thanks for all that you do to make to keep the show coming and make it as fun as it is. My name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini. But I'm your grandson. You have to give me the job. We'll see you next time.